Welcome to the Slow Home Podcast, episode number 13. Ooh, spooky. (laughs) 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 I'm just going to keep going with it. Uh, Yes, it's good to have you. My name's Brooke. McCallery. I'm the uh, the host of the Slow Home Podcast. I'm also the founder of SlowYourHome.com, a blog about slow and simple living. Really happy to have you joining us today. We've Thank got you. <laughs> this is my uh, co-host, my co-host Benjamin. Good day. Today's uh, podcast. It was. A, I had a really great chat with Nina Nelson, who is a uh, a mum. Of four, she lives in Oregon, in the states. And uh, Nina and her family spent a few years living in a converted school bus. So they took the the tiny house theme and really ran with it. And uh, I speak to her quite a bit about how they managed to do that with a family of six, and also the, the challenges that they faced and the things that they've learned in the the time now that they've moved out of the uh, the bus. How life's different for them. But, uh, yeah, it was a lovely chat. Do you know whether the um, school bus was yellow? Um, I have seen photos of it, but I don't think I've seen the outside. Uh, I'm going to say no. Because when when I was editing this, um, I just pictured the magic school bus. (laughs) So Nina as the, you know, the... Mrs... Um, That's going back too far. To know that, but that's what I pictured. Um, this magic school bus that somehow um, they have all their earthly possessions in, plus four kids. Mrs. Fritz. Mrs. Fritz, well done. Uh, so that's what I pictured. Yeah, so, um, you know, they have to be pretty magic because I could not imagine living out of a school bus. So I thought that could you was. No. Nah. Just with us, the four of us? No. Nah. Really? No. Nah. <laughs> I could so I could absolutely, but I have always said that I would happily live in like a tent or some kind of very small space. Personally, like with the four of us, I would be happy to do it. But I don't feel like anyone else that I live with would be happy to do it. And it's something that you reiterate in the uh, podcast. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting, really, really interesting conversation, and um, you know, it, it sort of broadened my ideas of. I do enjoy when we do sort of holiday together. Um, you know, we, we tend to do that uh, in sort of, you know, we, we don't go extravagant. We, we've, we've camped and stuff together in, you know, tents yeah. and um, we've stayed in small units together. But um, to, to live your life like that for a period of time, yeah, it's, it certainly sounds interesting and something that, you know, that you would never do. Well, and, and I think Nina says that her husband was pretty against the idea at the start mm-hmm. until they sort of got going. He didn't really realise whether it was going to be successful. And so I thought, you know, that's pretty interesting. Um, your sister's done it to a certain extent too. She did, yeah. My sister took her, her family of seven around Australia for a year in a, in a camper trailer kind of situation. You might have to get her on the podcast. I have thought about that actually. I'll give her. So this uh, podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. It is. Uh, Audible, you can access, if you head to Audible.com, you can access 
150,000 audiobooks and you can listen to them on your iPhone, your Android, Kindle, any other device that you may have. And today, if you sign up to Audible uh, at audibletrial.com slash slow, you'll get a 30-day trial of the service and also a free audiobook of your choice. So I know I've mentioned it before, but one of my favorite books of the past year or so has been Thrive by Ariana Huffington. And she basically talks about the third metric of a good and happy, fulfilled kind of healthy life. And it was a book that I actually didn't expect to like, to be honest. And I love it. I refer to it a lot. So if you wanted to grab your uh, free audiobook of Thrive or any other book of your choice, head to audibletrial.com forward slash slow and uh and grab your your copy and um hi Tobe. hello hello <laughs> <laughs> the realities of podcasting with two kiddos so uh, today, before we, we get into the show, just um, a reminder that you can get the show notes for today's episode at slowyourhome.com slash 13. Spooky. And if you'd like to learn more about Nina and her family, uh, their bus, and also how they've they've managed to live in such a tiny space for such a long period of time, you can head to shalommama.com. So that's S-H-A-L-O-M-M-A-M-A.com. And uh, you can find Nina's social media channels and everything else there too. So with that, and all four of us wishing you... To enjoy the show. Enjoy yeah. the show. Yeah, enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. How are you? Really well. Thank you for uh, chatting with me. Yeah, thank you. I've been looking forward to it. Me too. I've been um, stalking you online for quite some time, so it's <laughs> nice to <laughs> to chat in uh, in somewhat real life. Yeah, you're the second person who's told me that this week. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Obviously, very stalkable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, can you, you know, to, to get into it straight away, uh, just... Tell me a little bit about you and your family and uh, you know, whereabouts you live, that sort of thing, what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in central Oregon, um, which is about two and a half hours, what are we, southeast of Portland, just to give you an idea. Um, I've got four kids and I homeschool them. And I run two businesses now. I have um, a wellness business where I share all sorts of natural living tips, essential oils, herbs, that kind of thing. And I just launched um, an online internet marketing support agency with my best friend who's in Portland right now. And let's see, I'm married to a paramedic. Um, yeah, what else? I'm, I just, I have full days and and lots to do, it seems like, but it's really, really fun. It does seem like you have full days, but yeah, sound, sound like good full days. 
Yeah, four kids there. Four kids in homeschooling. So, um, how what are, what ages are your kids? Are they all kind of in the same stage of schooling, or? <laughs> well, <laughs> they are five, six, seven, and ten. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, we're uh, busy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't argue with you there. Um. So you you center a lot of your your work and a lot of the stuff that you write about, particularly on your blog, on um, you know promoting a, a lifestyle of health and wellness, but particularly in the framework of like natural living. So yes. is that something that you've always been interested in? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, it's funny I haven't. And what's funny about that is I grew up on an herb farm. My dad has been an herb farmer. He's been running a company for. Oh gosh, since I was five years old, at least is when we moved out here for him to start running it. And that was 25 years ago. Um, but I really started gaining interest in that when if, I, I, I keep saying a few years, but it's been like almost eight years, eight years ago, my husband and I decided that we were going to get out of debt. Um, and I started researching ways to lower our expenses and I, I love to research. And so I was spending so much time online reading. And what I found was that natural living is really a great way to save money on just about everything. Um, so I really started diving in there, learning about cooking from scratch, you know, cooking whole foods. I started learning about herbs and then I went to my dad. I'm like, so you're an herb farmer. <laughs> anyway, I could get a discount. And of course, yes, there was. Um, and he really started teaching me stuff that he knew because I mean, I grew up with all those remedies at home and I was like, oh, that's crazy stuff, but it's completely become a passion of mine, natural living and wellness. Just, I don't know. It started as a way to get out of debt and now it's definitely a lifestyle for us. So I love teaching other people about it too. And when you kind of decided to, to dive or to, to, um, you know, release yourselves from debt, which is awesome. Um, was there a reason behind that? I mean, was there a, a moment or a realization that you guys had together uh, that, you know, sort of uh, made it more of a concrete aim that you were going to work towards? And you said, right, well, this is what's happening. Yes. Um, so I mentioned I run two businesses because I am just unemployable. I don't like working for people. And I had a job that I really, really hated. And I thought, okay, there's got to be some way for me to leave this because I'm just miserable. And around that time, also, we so my eldest was almost three. Um, his sister was three months old. And we found out that we were having another baby. And I was like, oh, Ooh. all right. Well, three kids in daycare, I am pretty much would be paying to go to work. So we're like, all right, something's got to happen here. Otherwise, this is just going to be madness. So that was really the the catalyst for that decision of, you know, we don't want to spend all our time working at, jo- at a job I hate to pay somebody to watch our kids. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that's something that a lot of people come up against at that stage of life too, you know, particularly when daycare is so expensive and, uh, you know, you might be making dollars, not tens of dollars or hundreds of dollars throughout the week because you're just paying, like you said, someone else to look after your kids while you can go and work for free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, you know, uh, kind of a depressing part. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, I mean, you started researching your your natural living kind of remedies and things that you could save money on. What else did you guys do uh, in terms of getting out of debt? Oh, okay. So we slashed a lot of expenses, which was great. Um, And then 
it turned out really, really well that, so my husband at the time, he wasn't a paramedic yet, but he was a, um, an emergency medical technician. He was an EMT basic. So it's like the step, a couple steps before paramedic. Mm -hmm. And there was a job at the local hospital as an emergency room technician, basically helping out the doctors and nurses with their patients. And right about that time when I was like, dude, I just got to quit this job. He found, um, I guess I found it because I'm always researching online. I was like, hey, there's this job as an ER tech on call. And he got it. And it turns out he only needed to work one or two shifts a month to cover what I was, you know, what I was missing out on not working. And then any extra just went towards our debt snowball of helping us pay it off faster. Um, We also paid off, um, paid off things as soon as possible, did the whole Dave Ramsey debt snowball thing. We sold our house because we really, um, the mortgage was just ridiculous compared to our income. And we actually lived with my parents with four kids for six months. Um, and that's actually when we got out of debt because we still had, you know, thousands of dollars left and we were like, we're done with this. Let's just get this done as fast as possible. We're a little bit radical, um, more radical than most, I think, but yeah, we, we did some hard things to get out of debt and it was so worth it. Uh, I think that's such a, a, an amazing goal to work towards. And so many people I imagine are listening right now and their shoulders are kind of dropping and they're like, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> so I think it's just such a physical weight on, on us, you know, particularly when it's debt coming from different places and it mm-hmm. just, it really adds up. It's such a, such a stressful thing to carry around. Uh, So is that when you, so you and your family of six for Mm -hmm. quite a while lived in a converted school bus, which is such a beautiful space. I've seen uh, (laughs) photos of it online. Uh, Was that when, so after you lived with your parents for a while, is that, is that when you decided to move into the school bus or? Um, No, there was a couple of years in between there. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing all that research, I came across a natural living blog, a friend of mine now, but she was also a minimalist who um, lived in an RV with her family. And I thought, oh, wow, that sounds so cool. And I told my husband, he's like, that's crazy. We're never doing that. (laughs) So um, it really took me five years of decluttering and really being really intentional about living simply and, you know, showing him the benefits of it and letting him experience it on his own. I think he really was excited about decluttering one time when we moved and he actually helped us because every time we'd moved before he had to work. So my family all came and helped. He's like, wow, I've got too much stuff. And I was like, Oh yes, (laughs) finally he sees it. Um, but after we paid off our debt and moved out of my parents' house, it was still about two and a half years before we bought the bus because then he was like, all right, I'm ready. Let's try this. And I was like, all right. I was on Craigslist immediately after he said yes. So he wouldn't change his mind. And we found the bus within a couple of weeks and he went and got it. And we spent some time um, gutting it and then he worked on it. So yeah, it was a process getting there. Oh, I can only imagine. So how how did that you obviously spent a long time simplifying and getting down to a much more minimal, uh, you know, way of life in terms of the physical possessions and stuff, but there's still six mm-hmm. people. So how, how did that kind of work with the kids and their toys and books and clothes? And then you and your husband's stuff on top of that. Uh, did you, was it pretty hardcore kind of minimalism, uh, when you moved in for, for all six of you or, um, 
You know, he did an excellent job of designing the bus and putting it together. So we had a, actually a lot of space to put things in there. I was surprised when we moved, surprised when we moved in because I was like, oh, well, we have all this storage space here and here and here and here. Oh, we can actually bring more stuff in because I kind of went hardcore. Like, we got to get rid of all this. Kids, you can have, you know, toys that fit in. I gave them each like a shoebox and said, pick your favorites. And they did. Um and I got rid of some stuff and we had like, um, my parents have this Airstream trailer that they use for storage. So we moved some of the stuff in there that I didn't want to sell, like my vacuum cleaner for whatever reason I held onto that. Um, <laughs> and a few other things. But after we moved in the bus, I was like, wow, I could actually bring some of that stuff in here and still be comfortable. So I think, um, the process of, you know, five or so years decluttering, combined with being willing to get rid of everything plus really excellent design made it so it wasn't that terrible of a transition for us okay so when i talk about it uh to to other people the idea of tiny home living there's generally generally one of two reactions people will either say oh that sounds amazing i would love to do that or people look horrified and say i would uh, never do that those are the two reactions i get too <laughs> You did what in a bus? Yeah. How many people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's just something. I think where I, I guess, as you said, it's such a process. Simplifying is such a process, and particularly when it's you know complicated by the fact that you have a family of six and your husband had maybe different ideas about it in the beginning, and you needed to to just work through that process. I think to say to somebody who's living in a, a typically sized suburban home with all the stuff that most suburban homes have and say, <laughs> could you pick your life up and put it in a bus right now? I mean, that's so far removed from their current situation that it it sounds horrifying, particularly if, you know, your head's not in that space to begin with. But after one, two, three, four years of, of simplifying and decluttering, it becomes much less of a a terrifying prospect, I think, because I, I look at, at, you know, at the, the bus and similar sized tiny homes and small homes and think I would just love to live in a space <laughs> like that. And, uh, yeah, people give me a bit of side eye and feel like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. And, you know, it's good that you make that point that it's so far removed because I tell people that when I found out about tiny living, had I said, okay, let's do this. And, you know, we bought something and moved in a month later, it would have been awful mm -hmm. because I still had such a long journey to, you know, get rid of stuff and really prepare myself. And as I was decluttering, even though my husband was, I was like, no, that's never going to happen. My end goal was, okay, what if we did live in a tiny home someday? You know, what if I declutter to that end? Like, that's my goal. Um, so yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of preparation that goes into it, but we practiced a lot in yurts and little cabins camping a lot before we even moved into. So, um, if, do you guys have like a place where you could stay in little cabins or yurts near where you're at? Cause that would be super fun. That's a really good point actually, you know, and when we go camping, you take nothing, you know, everyone takes a bag yeah. maybe and, and you come home, you get by and it's lovely because there's nothing excuse me, nothing excess to requirements. It's just so relaxing to have only what you need. Mm -hmm. and you come home and it kind of feels overwhelming. Not only the space, but the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really. That's a really good point, actually. So if anybody is <laughs> interested in tiny living, go camping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give it's yourself like, time to kind of work into it. It's like camping with your computer. I mean, right. really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> actually, I have a... Um, a 
ridiculous dream of buying some land, you know, somewhere in the bush and putting a, you know, big timber platform up and living in a tent. It's kind of like a yurt. Uh, there's these amazing tents that you can buy that have, you can put windows in them and things. So it's essentially a small home, but with canvas walls and a, a canvas roof. It would just be, I think, one of the most relaxing ways to live, kind of oh, yeah. in amongst nature and you can hear the sounds and feel the, the the temperature changes, all that sort of thing. You just get to be in amongst it. It would be phenomenal. It's just, you know, family yeah. <laughs> kind of trying to uh, <laughs> convince them that it's not <laughs> insane to live in a tent. <laughs> It could happen. I mean, it really could. If my husband could go for it, I think anybody could. He's like, I should take hope from that. Yes, for sure. (laughs) He didn't want to move out of the bus actually when it came time to. He's like, I think I want to stay in the bus. He's like, I knew that would happen. (laughs) He just likes to be where he's at. So, so you recently did move out though. Um, (laughs) What was the reason behind the move? Oh, that is so interesting because we just found out something. So. He got, um, there was an opening at the station that he was working at part-time. He's as a, as a paramedic there and, um, it was full-time and we thought, oh, cool. You could take that job. We could, you know, stay in the bus and then save up some money, buy some land. And cause the schedule that he had been offered was two days on four days off. So he'd go to the station for two days and then come back. And so he took it. And then after he accepted it, they're like, by the way, it's a rule that you have to live within two miles of the station. We're like, oh, well, huh. So we had to decide, do we want to keep this offer of a job or, um, you know, stay in the bus? Because we looked for places to park the bus closer and there just weren't any. So we ended up moving into a house in July. But um, last week, they got a policy manual to review. And I looked over it and I said, you know, what's not in here? There's no rule about the two-mile thing. And so, you know, we talked to some people. It turns out we didn't even have to move. Um, <laughs> so now it's like, oh, we could move back into the bus if we wanted to. So we're seriously talking about that. Okay. Would be exciting, I think. So you miss, you miss living in the bus? I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really fun. Um, having living, having, having moved to, a, so you, are you in just a, like a regular sized house now? Yeah, okay. I guess it's small compared to other people's, but it feels huge. So. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Uh, what's been the biggest difference you've noticed since you moved out of the bus into your current place? Um, hospitality. We have been very intentional about practicing hospitality since we moved, which we didn't really do in the bus. Um, one, Well, mostly because we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere on that farm that my dad runs. We were parked out there, so... Um, I'm actually really glad that we had moved out because we've been having such a blast having people over and opening up our home in a way that we'd never had before. And I thought, what if we could practice this somewhat on the bus if we were to move out? So, um, yeah, hospitality has definitely been huge in the last year, about nine months, whenever we moved. Right. That's really interesting that you say, uh, so that was probably the biggest positive change. Um, you're the third person this week in my interviews to mention the idea of companionship and, you know, breaking bread together and how it's such an important part of, you know, of life. Is that um, something, obviously, it's important to you. Uh, do you find that the idea of community and, and friendship and, and hospitality, I guess, is an extension of that, kind of buy, uh, buys into the idea of simple and slow living? Oh, absolutely. Um 
as we got out of debt and we had the choice to continue living more simply or kind of like go back to older habits, we were like, you know, one of the greatest things about this simple um, approach that we've adopted is we just had so much more time for relationships. Like we could go have coffee with people or go have dinner if they invited us or in the middle of the day, if somebody stopped by, we could say, come on in, you know, we can hang out. So, um, yeah, community relationships. That's actually one of our top values as a family. And one of the main reasons that we still practice simple living is because we've just gotten so many rich relationships out of it, out of not being busy all the time, out of not, you know, constantly having to work to take care of our stuff and pay for all those, all those things that a lot of people have to work for. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's really, really important to us. I think that's one of our greatest benefits too, you know, just the the ability to spontaneously call a friend and say, come around, we're having a barbecue, you know, come and sit down and uh-huh. have wine on the back deck. Or, like, it's it's not something that's fraught with, uh, you know, anxiety of oh, I need to get the house ready and we've got five other things to do today and, you know, there's there's no time. We could squeeze in a coffee for half an hour but then we have to right. roll off, you know, to the next thing. It's just such a pleasure to be able to spend that downtime you know engaging with people and really really engaging with them yeah no I'm, I'm with you completely awesome. so um with the work that you do with your um particularly with your you know natural remedies and things like that mm-hmm. can you tell me how you think how you feel that that fits into a, a simpler life because one of the biggest things that i i personally get pushback on when i talk about doing things like making your own cleaning products or, you know, cooking meals from scratch is that it doesn't make life simpler for people. Like, mm. I, I mean, which I don't tend to agree with because I think that simple and slow is more rooted in like the mindset of mindset of simple and slow than it is in the practicalities. But, um, and I also think that there's mindfulness and intentionality to be had from doing and making and, you know, using our hands for things. But how do mm. you think that the idea of, yeah, you call it creating a healthy home How do you think that fits under the umbrella of of simple living? Oh, you know, it's funny. I never really thought of them as separate. Um, I guess for me, that whole idea of creating those things is just being more intentional. And at first it was kind of overwhelming. And a lot of people say to me, you know, I really want to do this stuff, but I'm so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, it's okay. You can just start with one thing. And then once you've mastered that, you can add in another thing and add in another thing. Um, and for us, it's just kind of turned into this this nice little ritual. Like, okay, I'm out of yogurt. I'm going to go make yogurt now. Or I'm out of my cleaning spray. I'm just going to take, you know, two minutes, gather all my supplies and pour it in a bottle and be good to go. Instead of getting in the car, driving to the store, you know, picking out the one that's least toxic, you know, paying more money for the one that's least toxic, dragging my four kids out of the store. Um, it just, it's so much simpler to me to be able to say, all right, I can make it myself and not have to worry about going out and buying it. So I think that's part of why I really like it. Cause if you take four kids into the grocery store, every single time you go, you just like, I just don't want to leave my house at least, you know, unless it's going to get a coffee with a friend or by myself or, you know, just one stop. But yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question at all, but for me, it's definitely helped us to slow down and simplify and not just rush off to, to buy stuff. Yeah. I think it's also tied into the idea of convenience. You know, we're sold this idea that it's much more convenient to, uh, you know, to go and buy the commercially made product in the supermarket, but 
really? Is it, like you say, is it that much more convenient to yeah. take your kids to the, to the shop, go buy it, you know, do the research, figure out which one isn't going to harm you, then take mm-hmm. it home and use it when, you know, all you need is, is vinegar and some essential oils and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> um, what is one of the f- your favourite things to make for yourself? Oh, mm. That's a good question. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite thing, but my, my favorite thing about making things is coming up with new recipes. So getting in the kitchen and getting really creative and thinking, okay, I have this base idea of what I want in this general you know, recipe. How can I make it even better? Like this week, I've created this muscle rub called CrossFix because my husband does CrossFit. Um, so I've been having so much fun using that, testing it out, giving it to people and say, okay, I need your feedback. Um, also my, this healing balm stuff that I make is, I really love making that too. So, cause, cause I get to share it with people and ask them how they like it. So anything that I can share with people and, um, get their feedback on and kind of tweak and make better, it just makes my creative brain. And, um, one of my lovely, my biggest love language is giving. So I'm just like, ah, yes, I love that about, about making things. That's really, yeah, that's really cool. Um, uh, I just had a great question and it flew out of my brain. <laughs> oh, yes. I noticed um, on Instagram and things. So you're practicing yoga, um, busting out some pretty awesome headstands and things. Have you been practicing for long? Um, since July when we moved out. My husband's station is right next to a yoga studio. So I started out going there. And then it didn't work into the schedule. So I've just been practicing at home. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have a yoga practice. I actually do it almost every day instead of, yeah, I did yoga once, two months ago or, you know, how it used to be. So, yeah, it's um, I'm similar. I started taking classes at the beginning of the year. And now it's more, again, it's just not fitting in with the schedule at the moment. But uh, I try and practice every day. It's thoroughly addictive, I find. Do you find Mm -hmm. the same thing? I do. I'm like, ah, oh, I just got to do a headstand or I just want to stretch and yeah, it's, I love it. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, and I mean, I find it, it's helping with my, um, my mindfulness and my ability to actually be present in the moment because, you know, when I do get to a class, which is probably once a week, you maybe a little bit less, uh, I can't think about anything else other than what I'm doing for that, that hour, what, what, I'm, what my body is physically doing. Because it's, despite what I, you know, I used to think, it's, it's hard. You know, it's really challenging when you're, when you're engaging with it. It's really a challenging thing to do. So I love that, that hour of not being able to, to think about anything other than, than the, you know, the practice of yoga. Do you not find fault. that it's helping with your, you know, your state of mind as well? Yes, I've always been like simple living for me has been such a huge, um, just so huge for my stress level, because I've always been a worrier. So it's that with yoga, being able to just breathe in the moment and just kind of clear my mind and say, okay, you know, it's just me and the mat at my yoga practice. My, if anything, like the only thought I have is I'm not going to fall over today or at least if I do, I hope I don't hurt myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does. It's re- I've really noticed that my racing thoughts just aren't as bad. And um, I, when I do find myself frustrated or, 
or stressing out, I can just take that, that breath and be like, okay, it's just going to center myself and breathe a little bit. So it's definitely poured over into other areas of my life. I find that when I don't practice for a couple of days, I can also tell, why am I so irritable? Why am I, you know, jumping from thought to thought? Why is, why is this thing that would normally just roll off, not rolling off? And then I think I probably haven't been paying as much attention to, to slowing down as I, as I should. Mm -hmm. Oh Um, yeah. Just looking at the time, time is almost up, but do you have a, a particular ritual or a particular rhythm to start your day? Is there anything special that you do or any way that you kind of structure your mornings to get things started off on a, a positive note? Mm, yeah, so this is something that I've been working on for the last few months, and it's definitely a practice. <laughs> Some days it's just like, ah, that's not going to happen today. Um, but getting up early... And then I like to go and oil pull. I don't know if you know what that is, I but do, just do. swish coconut oil in my mouth for a few minutes while the water for tea is boiling. Um, and some days I will do yoga before I do that. But I find for me, if I wake up and immediately go to any kind of physical exercise, it just gets so overwhelming. But if I can oil pull, sit and have a cup of tea and read and just kind of breathe before my whole family gets up or, you know, at least hang out with my husband. It just, it makes my day so much better just to have that moment of centering. Cause I'm so introverted and like, I just need any moment to myself that I can get and, you know, not be surrounded by people. <laughs> so exactly. When you've got, you know, four kids in your homeschool and, uh, you know, you are surrounded by people. All the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having those, I'm exactly the same, having those moments of quiet and that ability to just, you know, have this little circle of, of time around yourself. It's such a, an important part of the day, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the benefit? What are the benefits of oil pulling? Because I've heard about it and I've, I've always wanted to try it, but for whatever reason I haven't. Um, from what I've read, and it's been a long time since I've read anything, it's just really great for the health of your teeth. It's a great way to pull toxins out of your body. So you never want to swallow the oil that you swish around in your mouth. Um, and then I have some friends who have actually healed cavities doing that. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but wow. uh, my husband's actually, he does it every morning because he had a cavity that he's noticed is getting smaller and less of a problem. So yeah, we've just been doing that for a while now on the on the stories of others and what we've read and have been noticing some good results so i some people notice it whitens their teeth i haven't noticed that but yeah yeah. i had heard that it whitens the teeth um i hadn't heard about sort of strengthening teeth though so that's interesting and you use coconut oil i do sometimes if i remember i'll put like a drop of lemon oil essential oil or peppermint but usually it's just the coconut oil because i'm still like barely awake like where is my spoon okay (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. I've always, yeah, I will try it and I will let you know. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. Um, is there a place that people can go and find out more about you and the work you do? Yeah, they can go to shalommama.com. Um, and if you also would like to take a look at the bus or, you know, any other yoga fun moves or whatever, um, Instagram.com slash Shalom Mama. It's probably my favorite social media place right now. It's, it's fun. So, yeah. Fantastic. I will, um, I'll include links to that uh, in the show notes as well. So, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, for chatting with us. 
Yeah, thank you. It's been really fun. I've enjoyed it. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. been another episode of the slow home podcast if you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe via itunes leave us a rating or a review thanks for listening